Trigger warning, Death and Friends is not a podcast for the light of heart. Many dark and serious subjects will come up. Listener discretion is advised. (laughs) Necrophilia. You've been on my mind, girl, since you died. Hey, bud. Hey. Hey, Hey, Nash. What's up? What's uh, what you what you doing there? What's uh, what's happening? Writing our next parody song. We haven't done one since Lizzie, and that was insane. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I get that. I wrote most of those. Uh, but we're not doing a song about necrophilia, though. So you know. Why not? Because it's you know, super fucked up. So maybe like, stop, stop writing it. I mean, axe murdering your parents in a doctor prescribed opiate fugue state isn't isn't fucked up. That's not. Uh, J- Jake. Jake. Wait, wait, just wait. Hold on. I've got just the song. I've got just the song. Yeah. Hey, Jake. You know the studio has a door to it, right? Nash, give me the guitar now. Yes. We can't. We just. We can't. Okay. We can't. Hey, Nash, how about something like this? There are certain kind of people Horny as all hell And they don't feel no remorse When partners feel nothing back Some folks like a certain boyfriend that dead weight when they are on top and they don't feel no remorse when their bottoms can't tell them stop necrophilia start to get it on when the end has come Necrophilia Dying in the arms of a lifeless one Necrophilia Rigamortis making it more fun Necrophilia Gonna go to hell once you are done When a couple don't like fucking You might call that dead in bed But if this affair's just one-sided Suddenly they can't get wed Necrophilia Looking really hot since the hole was dug Necrophilia Skin looks really nice covered in worm dung Necrophilia Consent ain't in the will, game is zero-sum Necrophilia Body cold as ice, warm it up with Love Oh my god (laughs) That was beautiful Thanks, gonna put that one on the shelf Between our songs about the crucifixion process And the Salem witch hunts Jesus Christ, I paid for a jazz degree
Welcome back, Skeleton Army. We're back. Yeah, baby. Because now we're back In from outer space. Look upon your face. And we you should have changed should've... that. That... Uh, season five. Yeah. We, we did yeah. it. Yay. Hey, editor Dom here. Season five at the time of listening is delayed until 2024. Sorry about that. If you are listening and season five has already been released, then I guess we're not sorry. But at the time of this recording, Angel and Nash were still taking their ADHD meds. But the Wonder Twins have since gotten into Chilean liberal economics and its effects on Southern America in the 20th century. And production of the remainder of this season has been delayed. Death and Friends will be back with the rest of Season 5 in early January 2024. Okay. Cool. Love you. We missed you. And uh, I just want you to know from like our deepest, deepest part of my heart specifically sure. during this difficult time in between seasons that i missed you more than nash oh okay so we're just we're just lying quiet now. you i'm angel and this haunted puppet with eyes almost too lifelike locked in a glass case you found in your grandmother's attic with the sign daddy's home is nash play with me bad haunted doll bad i'll tell satan on you <clears throat> oh, okay sorry, sorry paint the picture will you happily Season five, baby. Woo. Woo. Let's start off small and ease ourselves back into the fucked up shit, shall we? So, necrophilia. Jesus Christ, Nash. What? You know what? Okay. Do a Twilight bit. It's gonna make you feel better. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. You know what? I don't. Uh, okay. do you, no, I'm uh, not gonna do it. I don't want to. Do you I see this, Bella? This is the skin of a kid. Killed per person. Yeah, it doesn't really match all the way through, but yeah, let's uh, let's slow down there, Edgy. No, I was doing the Twilight bit, like you asked, and you know, vampires are dead and they're spikely, and it's a whole fun thing. Wow, you made it a whole ten minutes into the season before making a Twilight reference. That's got to be in the record. Yeah, you made it a whole ten minutes into the season. You wrote the episode. You just told me to do it. And would you jump off a bridge if I told you to? Depends the bridge. Anywho. It's 1979, and we're in Sacramento, California. It's December 17th, and we're on our way to the funeral of a 33-year-old man called John McCurry. I'd hope John makes it to the cemetery and is buried peacefully, and never, ever, 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 ever gets disturbed. Mm -hmm. But I've been friends with you for too goddamn long. Yeah. So, you know. Unfortunately for John, his hearse is being driven to its final resting place by a woman called Karen Greenlee. So yes, he's going to be a bit late to the whole shebang. And by shebang, I mean... Oh, God. Oh, no. Nash. Poor Kate, Nash. <laughs> Poor Kate. Jesus Christ, Nash. Hey, he died for this sin, too. Come on! According to the family, Karen rolls up in the hearse Cadillac and then just does a donut in the parking lot and takes off. That That's it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was, like... John like an ex or something? Because I thought no. this was going to be like way worse. <laughs> We're getting there. Oh no. John was just a dead guy and Karen had a dream. Okay. A dream of, well... What, Nash? They tracked Karen down. So we're just not going to answer that? Okay. A bit over two hours away in Allegheny, California, where she admits to having sex with our boy John, as well as roughly 20 to 40 other dead guys in her time in the morgue. When you say roughly... Yeah, maybe it was gently, who knows. Okay. We don't slut shame on this podcast. 
Should should we start? Now, necrophilia isn't technically illegal in California in 1979. So Karen has to return John's body to his weeping and horrified family. And then she pays a small fine and does less than two weeks in jail for stealing the car and interfering with the funeral. Oh, and mandated therapy. Can't imagine the fun times that therapist had unpacking that whole thing. That, uh, that whole... Mm-hmm. Ugh. If anything, feel bad for the therapist, therapist. The daddy therapist, if you will. No, oh, I will not. I'll, I will not. Papa Freud? Oh, oh God. Oh, nope. Penis. Okay, well, I gotta ask the obvious question here. How does, um, um, how do you, como se dice? <laughs> how, um, you know what? Just how? Yeah, how? Just how? <sighs> well, Spontaneous combustion Dying comes and after death Comes decomposition It may seem sad and also gross But here you are and here's your host Not an actual doctor But It's medical Medical, medical Facts With Dr. Nash Okay, you know what? For the first time I'm not mad Because I'm kind of scared of this one. Yeah. And I get this section anyway, because I had to Google the answer to this, and now I'm officially cursed. And my NSA agent is really freaked out, and I'm probably on a whole lot of lists now. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, thanks. On an unrelated note, our office is completely out of hand sanitizer, and my eyes are still burning. Oh, I just thought you were high. Oh, well, I mean, also that. Hell yeah, brother. Some things you do have to forget. Oh, no! Anywho, if the full question you're trying to get out is, how does a woman have sex with a dead man... We're being gender reductive here for the sake of brevity, then I am not at all thrilled to tell you that. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, I'm going to be an adult. So, according to Karen herself, penetration is not necessary for fucking dead guys. Mainly, it's just sort of like rubbing bits, touching. Well, that's, um. Yeah. Yeah, I can't actually find an adjective. Yeah, neither can anyone else, really. In 1987, Karen does an interview about her whole preference. Ugh calling herself a morgue rat, and says that the whole industry is basically chock full of people like her. When asked about the how, she gets maybe undeservedly bratty for a woman who is fucking your dead relatives. Now, I don't mind telling people how I do it. It doesn't matter to me. But anyone at depth sexually shouldn't have to ask, I'm just saying. People have this misconception that there has to be penetration for sexual gratification, which is bull. The most sensitive part of a woman is the front area anyway, and that needs to be stimulated. Besides, there are different aspects of sexual expression, touchy-feely, 69, even holding hands. That body is just lying there, but it has what it takes to make me happy. The cold, the aura of death, oh, the smell of death, the funeral surroundings, it all contributes. Got super into that. Just what a commitment. Shut up. Like I said, a little bitchy for someone talking about the mechanics of having sex with a corpse there, Karen, but all right. Her name is Karen Nash. What else is she supposed to do, huh? Karen, spelled C E um R. You got this, buddy. R. Sound it out. I O N. Now, she does this interview in 1987, and when asked if she's still up to it, 
She's understandably cagey, but she admits that she hasn't tried anything recently, and it's largely chalked up to the men that she's most attracted to. Young men in their 20s and 30s, they're dying of AIDS. And as she points out, one of the fun things, and boy, do I use that word loosely, is watching the blood ooze out of freshly dead people. So. All right. Yeah. All right, then. Yep. I totally, um, so there's, um... There's that bit of information we just all have now. Yes. Yes, we do. So the only reason she's not brazenly having sex with the dead is that? That's that's it? Well, I mean, she probably can't get hired in the field either, which, you know. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. She's still kind of upset about it, but hey, stay the Lulu pony girl. <laughs> what does that even mean? So in continuing the ick, I'd like to introduce you to the term angel love. No! Sometimes also called... Death erections, which, yes, it's exactly what it sounds like. And my guy, Rigor Mortis, is to blame. God damn it. Come on, man. What the fuck? What? I didn't name it. <sighs> Wait, so, um, so everybody? Not everyone. Not everyone. Okay. And it is a temporary sort of event, if that's helpful information at all. It's basically the dead guy version of prepism, which you can have IRL as an alive person with a human penis. Okay, but why did you add human? Priapism is a medical condition that basically just means blood gets stuck in your bits. If you've ever seen one of those commercials for, like, Cialis and shit, you know the drill already. If you have an erection lasting more than four hours, see a doctor, etc., etc. Call more ladies. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore the pain and power through. But penis owners, don't worry. It happens to lady nethers, too. Just less... Sticky-uppy? Sticky-uppy, that's what we're going with, really? Yes. Yeah... You, you sure about that? Yeah, I know what a bajingus looks like. Okay, sure, but Death erections are mainly common with sudden violent deaths, especially hangings. So just don't have one of those and you'll be good. Hey, so I feel like you're doing a lot of medical facts this episode. Hey, so this episode ruined my life. You wanted this. I thought it was funny at first. It's literally about fucking a dead body. Of course it's not funny, Nash. Hey, did you know they're like, Three classifications of necrophilia. Why? Because that's the way the world works, Angel. But there's only one kind of dead. Correct. But there's an alive person in this equation. And alive people bring a kind of being fucked up and alive vibe to the mortuary that dead people's families do not really like. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Nash. What? Wait, wait. Are you... Are you... Are you eating? <laughs> How are you eating right now? Look, I just, well, I'm supposed to starve just because some lady liked fucking dead people? Yeah, a, a little bit, yeah. yeah. <gasps> Butter? It's worth mentioning before we move on from our gal Karen that a lot of necrophilia seems to have significant roots in childhood sexual abuse and trauma. Karen was no different, and even though she seemed pretty ballsy in her interview, she would later regret agreeing to it, and she changed her name and moved away. So, we have no idea where she is now, or what happened to her. So she could be anyone. Even me. Oh, God. No, Nash. You're too old for that. Aw. Now, our girl Karen is rare, because mainly necrophiliacs are biologically male. Oh, I love to see women breaking the glass ceiling. You go, girly pop. Nope. Nope. No, no. No, do not. No, girly pop. No. Do not go. Do not collect. Straight to jail. Bad, bad, bad ah. Nash. <laughs> Anyway, necrophilia is one of those age-old human history-type bits. Basically, as long as humans could die, living humans were like, 
Hey, baby, how you doing? Our boy Herodotus and the ancient Greek historian wrote in his works about Egypt that it was common practice to let the dead hot Egyptians decay a few days before letting the embalmers begin the mummification process. You know, because reasons. Horrifying reasons. Horrifying man reasons. Isn't that what I just said? Now, some of you might be asking, how did necrophilia become a thing and when? Who are you, who are you talking to? No, no one asked that. Literally, no one is asking this. And I'm happy to tell you. Now, necrophilia as a history has no single origin point. Instead, it appears a bunch of different ways. Through embalming, through vampirism, through cannibalism, etc. Even through regular alive sexy sex. I'm sorry, how? Well, Angel, when a man... No, 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 no. Okay, I know, I know what sex is. Okay. I know what butt-touching is. But how does necrophilia happen if everyone's alive, though? Oh, well, that's easy. Someone dies during sex. Like a murder? Sometimes, but also <gasps> just for, like, regular reasons? Wait, so, so like, how long? How long what? How long after your partner dies does it become necrophilia? Probably, like, right after you notice that they died, right? Like, I guess. That makes sense. But there's, like, no real definition. Man, is everything okay at home? What? Yes! Gah! It, it's you normally love defining all this fucked up shit to the point of making me physically ill so i figured you would know it oh right well thank you but i wasn't really up for searching for the answer after reading the karen greenlee interview so we're just gonna have to use our imagination for that one hey a uh, hard pass even for science anyway necrophilia doesn't just come to us straight from egypt the word necrophile doesn't appear in the lexicon until the mid-19th century, but not having a word for it doesn't mean living people weren't out there, you know, fucking dead bodies. Yeah. Demetes of Greek mythology gets cursed by his wife, who commits suicide after Demetes discovers she's been sleeping with her brother? Gasp. Shortly after that, he stumbles across the recently deceased corpse of a young woman and falls in love with her. You know, as one does. He keeps her for a while until decomposition is just a little too advanced and he can't, you know, uh, what's the word I want to use here? Um, fuck her anymore. So he builds her a tomb and then kills himself. Classic, classic love story, this. Just... Uh, yeah, that old chestnut, that old fall in love with a corpse. Obviously. Fuck her for a few weeks. Fuck it until it's build a tomb. decomposed. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that one. No, yeah, yeah, everybody I myself did that in my teens. <laughs> oh, God. All right. It's not even just limited to mythological figures. The Corinthian tyrant Periander murders his own wife and then had sex with her for a little bit, which uh, Herodotus details hilariously as Periander baked his loaves in a cold oven. So infuriating when a millennia's dead poet writes better bars than that. <laughs> and then there's King Herod, also of Greece. What the fuck, Greece? Yeah, he maybe, allegedly, hearsay, big if true, fucked his dead wife for a few years after preserving her in honey. Just a rumor, but uh, you know what they say about those? I bet that pussy was delicious at first. I though. will quit this show so fast. <laughs> I'm going to hell at light speed and it's fine with me. I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, you need Jesus, dude. Or maybe Jesus needs me. Maybe centuries of afterlife get really boring. You don't know. I have never needed to move on from a topic more than right this second. Please. Thank you for being polite. Now, necrophilia isn't limited to the ancient world rumors and then Karen Greenlee. It has a long history with humans and a large amount of the animal kingdom, actually, that ranges from associations with vampirism, cannibalism, sailors, and like general mythology to the romanticized renewal during the Renaissance. I said it, the big brain Renaissance was also talking about fucking dead people. So there's that. 
Hey, um, hear me out on this. Sure. Maybe this episode just needs to be over. What if we just called it a day? What if we just hit him with the old, and on that note, and we could just all go home and play video games and forget any of this ever happened? Probably it was on the back of the carnage that was the Black Plague, because really there's a substantial population loss and everybody saw all those dead bodies, and it was probably pretty permanently burned into their brain. I mean, burned in real life too, because uh, that's what they did with the bodies. <laughs> I, uh, I hate myself for that. I have never been more proud of you than I am right now. Yes, exactly like that. Anyway, the romanticism of the corpse continues into the 16th and 17th century in literature. Think like Shakespeare's Hamlet, where the titular character picks up his good old buddy's skull and is like, Hey, you're just a skull now, but you used to have lips and I used to kiss them. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the direct line. You pulled that right out of uh, Hamlet. That's what you did? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're was... like, hey, I used to kiss you. Yeah. It's pretty much, the, I'm pretty sure that's the real quote, actually. I mean, hey, Shakespeare... Way less poetic than I remember. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a letdown. This path is, of course, very Western centric, and it gets considerably worse as we get into modernity because serial killers. Oh, good, awesome, that's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, love that for us. Yes, we've become that which we've hated. <laughs> yes, this is a true crime podcast now. No, Sarah was a typical suburban mother of twenty seven children until one day. She drowned them all in the Chuck E. Cheese ball pit. Before we get into the Jeffrey Dahmers of the 20th century and beyond, let's quickly talk about a few key figures worth noting during the history of necrophilia. Brace yourself, everybody. Um, things do not get better no. from here on out. They do not. Francois Bertrand is born whoa, whoa, in 18... Whoa. Yeah, sorry. Francois Bertrand! <laughs> Francois Bertrand! <laughs> He's born in 1823 in France. By 1849, according to Bertrand himself, he starts having necrophiliac impulses, and he's already dismembering small animals. He becomes a sergeant. Impulses. Impulses. <laughs> he starts having necrophiliac impulses, and he's already dismembering small animals. He becomes a sergeant in the French army, and moonlights as a guy who exhumes dead people, dismembers them, and masturbates all over their disarticulated bodies. Jesus Christ. What a nine to five. Or five to nine. Yeah. You wrote five to nine. Because it's the hustle after the workday. Dolly Parton did not prepare us for this. Bertrand is arrested in 1849 and confesses to being the vampire of Montpass, the cemetery in which he found many of his victims. He also confesses to necrophagia, which is eating the dead. Apparently he just really loved chewing on a good bone. Just Well, I mean, you don't need a glazed donut without the glaze. <laughs> That is the uh, officially the most fucked up joke I've ever come up with. Woo! Woo! <laughs> you do not have to keep that in there. Uh, no, I... <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, he's jerking off bodies and then eating them? Yeah. You gotta finish the cinnamon roll. <laughs> I mean, he's jerking off on dead bodies. So then mm -hmm. I guess he's eating his own glaze? Yeah. You I'm glaze saying. the donuts and then you take a snack. Got it. No, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not a metaphor. No. Yes. He's sentenced to one year in a psychiatric hospital and then released in 1850, having had one of the first legal defenses of not guilty by reason of insanity or mental defect. He describes the nighttime necrophilia as a monomania, where he feels compelled to violate the dead about once a fortnight. 
as you do. Upon his release, he moves to Lvov, wherever that is, and he works a bunch of small public service jobs until his death in 1878. His case and existence leads to the creation of the word necrophilia. Well, I bet that one year in prison really reformed him. Sure did, buddy. Continuing on in France, Jesus, France. What are you, Greece? So, was there just like a giant lull between revolutions or something? Like, just like the French just had nothing else to do and no government to overthrow, so they were just like, Hey, how about we just do some really gross stuff? I mean, they already invented the baguette. What else were they going to do? Enter French guy Henri Blot. <clears throat> Sorry. Henri Blot. In 1886, a cemetery groundskeeper stumbled upon passed out 26-year-old Blot in the grave of a recently deceased ballet dancer. Blot had exhumed her, had sex with her corpse, and then had a lovely, like, post-nut nap right there, interrupted only by the groundskeeper physically shaking him awake. Post-nut nap, really? Yeah. need to call my sponsor. Block gets arrested, obviously, and sentenced to two years in prison for gross indecency and abuse of grave. At trial, when asked to defend himself, Blot says, everyone has their own tastes, minus for corpses, which is a thing he said out loud. And worse, he said it in French. Moving on, less horrifyingly, and I guess depending on your definition of that, is Sir John Price of 18th century England. Sir? Unfortunately. Anyway, John Boy's first wife dies and he embalms her. Damn you, Thomas Holmes. And he puts her in his bed. Oh. That's it. That's the end of the sentence. He marries again. Apparently his second wife is just like, okay, that's totally fine. That's, that's uh, what is that, a body pillow? Nope, that's a body. So, uh, yeah, that's fine to be in our bedroom. And when she dies, he embalms her too and just adds her to the bed. And then he gains the opportunity to do the funniest thing of all time. <laughs> and he marries a third time. Wow, Riz levels over 9,000. When she dies, she's like, hey, babe, do not do the thing, John. Don't do it. John. Hey, that thing you do? John. Don't do it. Do not. Hear me out on this. No. Don't. No. <laughs> and hell no. Don't do it. Uh, and to make sure he does not she tells the entire town about it, which is a boss move, but also weird that she was also like, yeah, I'll marry you. Like, just like, hey, how you doing, baby? Uh, you're my two wives. Oh, nice to meet you, ma'am. And you're a mannequin. Okay, cool. <laughs> it was the 18th century, Angel. It really wasn't a great time for women. I want to say that's fair, but the corpse bet, Nash. The corpse bet. Surely there's got to be at least like another, like one other choice. I think she made the only choice, which was to marry him and then hilariously tell everyone about his corpse bride bed. Okay, you know what? Let's just move on. Can we move on? Is that something okay. we can do? Can we... Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, Goddamn episode. Checking the notes here. Flip probably know a... Ah. It's, um, it's France, isn't it? What is France's problem? Damn. Anyway. Soccer blue. Hang on to your stomach contents for this one. Um, Actually, let's just give you a warning. Hey, so, fully serious here. So this involves children. So if you can't hear it, we completely understand and forgive you, and we will very happily allow you to hit the skip ahead button. So there's that. Okay, warning over. Here we go. Victor Artisan is a mortician in a very small French town called Lemoyne. Over the years, he mutilates and violates over 100 bodies, earning him the nickname Vampire of Moy. When he was arrested in 1901 after neighbors reported their suspicions, police find decaying remains of a three-and-a-half-year-old and the head of a 13-year-old girl that he'd used for oral sex. 
Artisan gets committed to a psychiatric hospital for the rest of his life after his arrest. Okay, I'm going to need a palate cleanser. Necrophilia. Nope, 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 just no, not Jesus, not that. Okay, um, <sighs> play the thing, Dom. Black death, polio, spontaneous combustion. Dying comes and after death comes decomposition. It may seem sad and also gross, but here you are and here's your host, not an actual doctor, but it's medical, medical, medical facts with Dr. A. Well, let's do this thing, shall we? <clears throat> Necrophilia is listed in the DSM-5 under other specified paraphilic disorders, which is kind of the section housing of fuck it, you'll know what it is, and this really doesn't occur enough for us to need to define it, and basically says, when living people fuck dead body but not by accident. In the DSM, necrophilia falls into 10 distinct classifications, which is important for clinical reasons, maybe, but too many for, let me check my notes here, literally everyone else. In terms of history and the rest of us, there are three categories that we really care about. Necrophilic fantasy, regular necrophiles, and necrophiliac homicides. Regular? Reg, reg, nec, regular necrophiles? Is that, is that the word we want? Is that Look, so? I wasn't there when they made the categories, Nash. Oh, did you sleep in that day of podcast or doctor school? And did you sleep that day? That's what you sound like. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Basically, all of the categories are exactly what you expect. The fantasy folks are just using their good old imagination, like the before times. The regulars are just those who take advantage of a situation or who have occupational access to corpses. ¿Por qué no los dos? Porque cállate, Nash. And the homicide group are those who kill their victims to get said dead bodies to have sex with. In all the categories, the basic motivation to have a sexual partner who cannot resist or reject advances. Just to continue this very detailed clarification, which, by the way, I hate every goddamn second of. For necrophiliac definitions, penetration is not a requirement for sex. Super glad we got that information. Hey, well, I'm not super glad that we have any of this information. None of it. You have zero idea what this research has done to my search history, Angel. I'm not the same person I was before I started this episode. I know, buddy. I know. And we're, we're in this together. If you're my NSA agent, please note that all of this was for research. And if you're my NSA agent, this is all Nash's fault. Even the other stuff. Nice. Anyway, let's get into modernity, shall we? The sooner we cover that, the sooner I can start to erase all of this from my brain. <sighs> okay, here we go. Besides our gal Karen, who really seems pretty innocuous now. I almost want to say I'm sorry. Me too, and that's making me really sad. Anyway, besides Karen, there's been a bit of necrophilic activity in the 20th and 21st century, almost entirely composed of the homicide group of necrophiliacs that we know about anyway. More on that in a minute. But for now, we'll introduce you to a few of the more prominent members of this horrifying club. In 1984, uh, look, actually, we, we've all seen the Jeffrey Dahmer biopic. It's biopic. It's not, actually. Okay, I'll skim over him real quick. Dahmer is born in 1960 in Milwaukee, in whatever U.S. state Milwaukee is in. You could tell this was written by Nash. Who doesn't know? They, it doesn't know. 
I don't know any of the states. Between 1978 and 1991, Dahmer has 17 male victims, many of whom he commits necrophilia against. In a few cases, he permanently embalms pieces of his victims and takes them as trophies, even moving with them. He often takes Polaroids of his victims immediately post-mortem in suggestive poses. He is arrested in July 91 after his attempted victim managed to punch him in the face and get away, alerting police. He was serving 16 consecutive life sentences in 1994 at Columbia Correctional Institution when he was strangled to death by a fellow inmate. Other honorable mentions in this category, which I can't make us detail any more than we already are, Ed Gein, who becomes infamous for his post-mortem creations using disarticulated remains and skin from corpses, and who also attempted to make a skin suit of his own mother. Then there's Ted Bundy, prolific serial killer who confessed to 30 victims, but people suspect there are more, even maybe up to 100. He gets famous for pretending to need help and then capturing his victims. He would frequently visit the gravesites of his victims after burying them. He gets executed in Florida State in 1989 via electric chair. There's Edmund Kemper, who had sex with most of his murder victims, including his own mother. There's Scottish-born Dennis Nielsen, a.k.a. the Muswell Hill murderer, who kept his victims for lengths of time after killing them before burning their bodies or flushing various remains down his toilet. Then there's the very, very, very recent whole-life conviction of the UK's David Fuller, who was finally caught in 2020 after the 1987 Bedsit murders. When arrested, police found video recordings of Fuller committing necrophilia with 100 female corpses he came into contact with while working as an electrician at various hospitals. But it's not all horrifying serial killers. There's a few cases of cultural importance of necrophilia, including the Aghori monastic order in India and the Moche people in ancient Peru, the former who practiced several rituals involving the recently deceased, including cannibalism, and the latter who used sexual imagery between the living and the dead as part of their predominant visual culture. And don't forget... Karen gets discovered in 1979, and she implies that a lot more of the mortuary industry has the same inclinations as she does, and the ones that don't just sort of let the rest happen. Um, so is that meant to be comforting, or...? <sighs> it's the best I can do with what I have. I mean, even though it wasn't illegal, t- 1979 has to be legal now, right? So at least we got that. Right, Nash? In the U.S., there are five states that have zero laws about necrophilia, making it I guess kind of legal, which is odd, I I guess. Anyway, if you live in Vermont, Virginia, South Dakota, New Mexico, and... And... Say it. I don't want to. Say it, Nash! Fine. Fine. (sighs) Massachusetts. It's gross, bud. I'm aware. In the rest of the U.S., laws range from misdemeanor to Class A felony, so that's also pretty fun. Just... Oh! Okay, so, you know, fuck a dead corpse, clean some garbage off the highway. Yes. Love that. Love that. Yes. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, though, uh, it's fully illegal in the UK under 2003's Sexual Offenses Act with a sentence of up to two years in prison. In Australia and New Zealand, there's no law prohibiting it specifically, but could be charged as abuse of corpse or, cr- or grave. If it makes any of you feel better, just know in most states in the US, you can have a representative intend your embalming slash cremation, so... That might keep the necrophiles away. It's the future's top eight. Having good, intimidating representatives to protect your corpse. And on that note, that's the episode. A special thanks to you, our favorite listener. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rate and review would also help us not get eaten by the scary monster under Angel's bed that demands podcaster souls. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Gorilla Jokes. G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A Jokes. 
and I'm at It's Nash Flynn. You can also follow the podcast where we drop incredibly specific memes and unhinged selfies at Death and Friends Podcast. Would you like to live deliciously? Become a member of the Skeleton Army and join us on Patreon. We use it to cover our sound guy's medical bills. In order to properly write medical facts, we expose Dom to all the illnesses and ways to die we talk about on the show. What did we do this week? You mean besides making him write and record an entire parody song about necrophilia? Yes. Besides that. Oh. Pause. Editor's notes. One. Yeah, fuck you guys for that. Two. You can also check out our Patreon-exclusive podcast series, Beyond the Grave, where the team answers questions like, what do you want to do with your body when you die? Here's a clip. I think at this point it's just like, hey, burn me up, cremate me, and I want my body to put be put in like hourglasses and given to my friends. So you yeah. can test our patients until eternity ends. <laughs> until the rest of time. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, I guess it'll be part of game night, you know? And so, <laughs> that's, that's all I really want. You know, when whenever you cook an egg, you're like, oh, angel. See, I, I wanna... feel like I would just make a bunch of jokes about you having a beautiful hourglass figure. Oh, well, he's so just, sweet. Oh my God. Until the comedy you came alive. back from hell and like actually just killed me. Yeah, I'm a demon. I'm like, you really thought I looked good? <laughs> or you're uh, like, please stop saying that joke. Yeah, please stop it. I, you knew I had very weird issues with my body. Uh, <laughs> you fucking weirdo. I'm like, only in death will you will you compliment me, you fucking bitch? <laughs> uh, actually, now now I hear it. Now I'm probably going to be the cause of... of uh, <laughs> Now I kind of hear it. I kind of get it. All right. Funny moments. Back to fuckface McWeed and Mumble Kong racing. He also has to edit this episode. Big oof. Hey, speaking of Patreon, it's time to honor a member at the Brendan Fraser level. Praise be. Your mom. Luella B. And praise be Brendan Fraser. Fraser. It's fine. So check it out at patreon.com slash deathandfriends. For more information, visit deathandfriends.gay. That's right, baby. Join us as we make the entire internet gayer. <laughs> we did, we it. did it. I forgot Season that we five. did it. Season five, everybody. Good Death for and us. Deathandfriends.gay. Yeah. We applied for .edu, but the government came back and gave us .gay. Yeah, we owe them so much money now. So much money. Alrighty, everyone. Well, this was a very, very difficult episode, not only to research, but to even fucking read. Nash made me read this episode like 20 times. So many times. Every time I close my eyes, I see this episode. (laughs) Here's the thing. Me too, in fairness. (laughs) Check it out. Death is very tricky to talk about. So please remember, you are loved. You matter, and if you don't want to be your own friend, we will happily be your friend. I will be buried alongside you, probably against your will, since you are all my favorite wife. (laughs) Until next time, Skeleton Army. Stay spooky. Love you. I will love you forever. Until the end of time. This has been a Knavery Inc. podcast. Go to knaveryinc.com for more details. Executive produced by Jacob Duffy Halbleib. Audio design by Dominic Guanzon. Themes and transitions by Amy Doe. The fuck is a knave? Jesus Christ, Nash. What? No, say it how it's written. What? <laughs> Death? Maybe a milkshake, but while recording is a bad idea. Oh, oh, look who is drinking a milkshake after shading me on my yogurt drinking. Oh, uh, look who has a fucking lung infection. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, my name's Ash. I'm broke, eh? I, uh, <laughs> a love, I got a lung infection because I ate too much pussy. Um... <laughs> literally nearly drowned just drowning uh you have a uh, your type of pneumonia is uh pneumonia volvatus what you eat too much pussy you're drowning in it
Um, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> hell, yeah, br- hell yeah, brother. Um, <clears throat> Death? <laughs> Edible's hitting. Let's go. Uh, what is, how do I pronounce this? Fuck if I know. I typed it and I was like, fuck, ah, good luck to him, I guess. <laughs> Diomedes? Death? I have never been more proud of you than I am right now. Yes. Exactly like that. Anyway, okay, no one else can see this, but the face that Nash just made at me was fucking terrifying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she has like this fucking evil lung infection voice too, so it's like, oh, that's cool. My butt just got fucking possessed I by a more a sane person. Death. He describes the necktime. Necktime. He describes necktime. Death. Activity in the 20th... No. Fucking Christ. Why do I do drugs? I can tell you why I stopped. <laughs> was it for podcast reasons? It was for podcast reasons. Yeah, I, I was like, someday, almost 10 years later, I will start a podcast. <laughs> and you will need a... to be able to speak correctly. I will... Exactly. Death? Hey, baby, want to hear something fun? Ooh, yes. The unimpregnated uterus is the last organ to decay naturally. Um, nope, nope, nope. Bad Nash. Ba- ah, what the- Bad Nash, move away. What? Why? Why? It's interesting. I'm so sorry, Melody. Please don't call HR again. 